physical due diligence happens. We show up right before we showed up. We find out that there was a murder on the property. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing excellent. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing fantastic. Just got back from uh, Memphis. You got to get out to your properties uh, and we've got two big renovations going on. So it's just important for us to get there as often as we can. We, you know, it's myself, my two partners, and we try to get there once a month uh, to our properties to make sure things are going right. So actually toured uh, the two properties that got big renovations going on. I met with a bunch of contractors. Uh, we're, we're, we're really, we're actually uh, in one of our properties that we purchased, uh, occupancy was pretty good. And we've worked on getting occupancy up while we kind of wait for final drawings, while we wait for uh, contractor pricing and then really get uh, our head wrapped around everything. But what's happened that's pretty uh, encouraging is we've done very, very light uh, unit turns. So basically just a little bit of paint and cleaning. Um, and we are achieving a 250 to $300 per unit rent bump. Oh. Um, and so that's got us thinking, well, we were planning on doing this large renovation, you know, like roughly $20,000 per unit renovation, but maybe we don't need to do that. Maybe what we need to be looking at is a, a lighter renovation. We were planning on taking down walls. We were planning on doing full bathroom gut and uh, a complete remodel. Now we're looking at, can we save the cabinets and just reface them? They're actually in good condition, uh, just outdated, but they've got good, solid, strong boxes, plywood, uh, which the, what we would replace it with would it be MDF, which is cheaper. So we're looking at, okay, can, can we cut some corners without cutting corners? Of course, we don't want to do things cheaply, but can we do some things that are going to save us some money and yet still be able to achieve pretty good rent bumps? And so that's what I was, one of the things I was doing there yesterday is spending time. I met with four different contractors to try to get quotes on kind of our new scope. And we're looking at maybe doing a phase one and phase two, phase one being the lighter phase two being some units with the full renovation and seeing what our rent difference is there. Nice. Yeah, that's smart. So that you know where you can maximize your profits. Uh, well, there's no sense to spend $20,000 to get a $700 rent bump um, when we can spend you know, $8,000 to get a $500 rent bump. And mm -hmm. that's kind of where I think we're going to end up being at is... Um, you know, $8,000, $8, maybe get a five to $600 rent bump versus that full $700 rent bump. Well, we got to spend an extra 10, maybe even up to, well, it's not going to be quite 15, but 10, $12,000. Yeah. You certainly don't want to over renovate when you don't need to. Correct. Correct. So, yeah. So that, that's uh, anyways, uh, importance. If you close on a property, a lot of people want to celebrate. They think uh, the, the hard work is over. 
Uh, I've spent a lot of time on due diligence and raising money and getting it to close. It's a lot of high stress, uh, but the work has just begun. The real work begins after you close. That's when you got to really make sure you're paying attention to the details. Good. Yeah. I have a few offers on some hundred unit plus properties right now, but we'll see what it you know comes of that. But uh, you got to put in enough offers to, before you actually get something that sticks as you know, especially in this market. Mm -hmm. It's just, just it's crazy. Actually, just uh, interestingly enough, I got off the phone with a broker who was talking about uh, an area I used to own some properties and he thought I still owned them. Um, and he mentioned a property which is in much worse condition than the ones I sold and it doesn't have as good of a history and occupancy. And uh, they're selling them for an, an unreal price um, in that neighborhood. And it's like, holy cow, apparently I should have held on to these properties for another year because I would have been able to get a probably close to $10,000 more per unit mm. uh, for these properties in just one year. So yeah, you just don't know though. I mean, you can't, you don't that. know. And quite frankly, it, it, it I, I'm not regretting selling them because it made a lot of sense to sell them. I did not want to be in that neighborhood anymore. Um, and we had some good profit that we were able to make and get out. So. Good. Well, so uh, as what often happens when we start a plan, like we have a plan before we start the recording of what we're going to talk about, then we go on a tangent. But what we're actually going to talk about is this deal that you had recently under contract that fell through, like it, uh, everything seemed to go wrong with it. And so you ended up not doing it. So you want to tell us a little bit about the background on this? Yeah, well, first, so, so first of all, you know, that, like we said, it's just this hot market. So the last thing you want to do is get a property under contract and then not end up closing on it. And we always talk, I always talk about just when you get a property under contract, make sure you're serious, make sure you're going to close. Don't renegotiate. You want to be known as a closer. You don't want to be known as a retrader. You don't want to be known as somebody who doesn't close. It's funny, that same guy that I, was, that I just mentioned, uh, he said this other company, uh, he named their name. He said they had it under contract off market, but it fell through. He goes, they don't close anything though. So uh, we should have, we should have known better. They've got a bad reputation. I've gotten calls about that company before. Are these guys real? I've heard they're bad. They, they got a bad reputation. You don't want to be that company. These guys have a terrible reputation around in the area of not being closers. They're not taken serious. Do you really want to be that person? So then you got to be really careful with that. And of course, so this decision we did not take lightly um, and, and we don't like to make, but I'll give you kind of a little bit of the backstory and then I'll tell you why we didn't do it. So first of all, we started negotiating. We started looking at this property in the spring um, of 2021. Uh, and we started negotiating with the seller in the spring of 2021. We had an LOI, uh, accepted in the beginning of summer. I think it was June of 2021. We had an LOI signed and accepted. And it finally took us until October to get the executed purchase and sale agreement. Mm. All kinds of excuses. Uh, oh, he was in Europe. Uh, all kinds of stuff. And this is a big company. This is a, you know, they're, they're a syndication company. They've got uh, 12,000 units. Uh, so, so very unprofessional in that manner. 
they did not ever allow us to actually tour the property. So we did some secret shopping as much as we could. Um, we, we drove the grounds, stuff like that, but that we were not actually allowed to tour the property because he didn't want to startle his employees to think that it's selling. Um, so, so that was, you know, a little odd, but that happens sometimes. Right. So we actually, we actually originally had even more under contract. So the, we ended up putting under contract 450 units. We had another 124, not under contract. Um, we had another 124 that we were looking at and starting to negotiate on. And we ended up pulling out of those properties uh, because after talking with contractors, after talking with residents, after talking with people in the know, uh, we found out that that property had, it's on a super steep hill. It's had a history of landslides. It's had a history mm. of water damage in the units. So we decided to back off of that property. So we never put that on a contract or even LOI, but um, decided to just that one go to the side. Let's focus on these 450 units. Um, and was that what from the same seller or just uh, same, you were looking same at the seller? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same seller. We, we ended up putting an option to purchase on it, but um, really just with looking at it, it just made no sense. Um, so anyway, so finally we got this thing under contract. It, it should have, should have, by the way, known like, and I, we kind of knew like these people were, this company is like, they're not very professional. They're not good at communicating. We kind of already knew that. Um, but we went and we did our physical due diligence. So physical due diligence happens. We show up right before we showed up. We find out that there was a murder on the property. Uh, and that happened during the summer while we had this property under LOI. Seller never disclosed it to us, never disclosed it to the broker involved. That's a big, yikes. That's a big issue, right? This is a, a nice neighborhood. It's a B plus class neighborhood. So you just, just beyond this neighborhood's A class, turns into A class very quickly. So very nice neighborhood, but this is a small city. It's 450 units and the property is in horrible condition and has a lot of crime issues. We found that out while we were doing due diligence that a lot of break-ins happen. There's a lot of drugs happening. Um, there's a there's a big crime and safety issue happening at that property. The other thing we found out is we estimated seventeen thousand a door for renovation, so pretty half the estimate. But we found out that the, it was in much worse condition than we are led to believe. Uh, this is if you want to look up the word slumlord. This company is who Slumlord is made for. And actually, they're, they're maybe worse than a Slumlord. These people are the worst of the worst, uh, just how it is. Uh, and, I, and maybe they got an excuse. I don't know. Maybe they got an excuse. So they, had a, they hired another property management company to, to manage it. Uh, this other property management company to, you know, had it for a while and eventually got fired. Um, so maybe they were still trying to clean it up. I don't know. But regardless, this property is, is being run like a slumlord property. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, so there was, there was just to give you a, for instance, on the condition, there's a couple of, of decks that tenants have to walk out onto to get outside. And structurally, they are falling apart. 
literally, like I, I wouldn't be shocked if you hear in the news about this deck collapsing and injuring or killing residents that are living there. Like it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Uh, there's a, a hole in one of the decks that a, that a child could fit through. Like this wow. is this is stuff that is like this is this is crazy. There's some of these units we walk into with kids living in. It's just like oh my gosh, the condition of this property. There's leaks. There the the AC's not working. Like the there's mold. They're just it's just bad. So uh, they're abusing their residents. And again, maybe they got an excuse. Maybe they can tell me, well, you know, we took over because this property management company and they, but I don't care what's happening. That's what's going on. So our renovation budget ended up going up a lot. Um, what did it go up to? Well, about 20,000 a door from 17 to 20,000 a door, yeah. which you multiply that by 450 units. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty big chunk. Um, the last thing, and this is, well, maybe not the last thing. I think there's, you know, there's more, but um, this, this is the big one. So, you know, we could have, we could have worked with a bigger renovation budget. Um, we, we would probably quite frankly still needed a small recession uh, concession, um, but we could have, we could have dealt with that. And, and actually I, I love those challenges. I love taking these properties that are owned by slumlords and, making them into something nice again, right? Turning that dump into safe, clean, uh, welcoming place for people to call home. Like that, that's a, that's a challenge I like. I like the challenge of we got a good neighborhood, but just a bad property with, with uh, crime and stuff like that. That's a challenge I, I like taking on, you know, mm -hmm. bring, bring that on. Um, though, yeah, that's why I love doing this business, quite frankly. Yeah, you take pride in your work, you know? I take pride in it and it's, it's enjoyable to turn a property around. Now it's tough, it's tough work, but it's, enjoy, it's enjoyable to do that. So here's the nail in the coffin though, is we have these financials that we based all our, our, our offer on. And then during due diligence, we got the latest financial report and it totally contradicted everything. Hmm. We knew there was low occupancy, but according to the previous reports, the, the tenants that were living there were actually paying. This one completely turned the story upside down and showing that the tenants were not paying. And, and there's a history, long history previously of these tenants not paying. And so there's this massive delinquency that all of a sudden shows up and the broker didn't know about it. When, when we asked the broker to connect with the seller and figure out what's going on, the seller never gave a response. Mm. Uh, the only, the only thing I can think of is that they gave us the wrong report. And by that, I mean, they gave us the report that they did not alter on accident. That really? happened one other time. And that's exactly what happened. They accidentally gave us the report that they forgot to fraud or forgot to alter. And um, when we caught them, I feel like there's a good chance that that's could have happened here. At least that was my um, concern. And our concern is that 
this is actually telling the real story. And the reports we got previously had been scrubbed to hide the real story. And with no explanation from the seller, what we have to go with this new report. The seller won't tell us what's going on. They won't give us a reason for it. And so we have to assume that that's exactly what happened. That those old reports were just false reports and that the new reports, the actual report. So again, I don't, you know, whether they committed fraud or not, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But what matters is the new report tells us a totally different story and it doesn't allow us to close on the property. So all those combined and then add in, we are going to have to get a bridge loan. And now our terms were going to change drastically, right? If we went forward with this deal as it was, our interest rate would have gone way up and our proceeds would have gone down. We would have had to bring, instead of 25%, we would have had to bring 30 or 35% to the table. And like I said, our interest rate would have gone way up. So mm -hmm. we talked with the broker, uh, felt really bad. Of course, you, you hate going to a broker and telling him you can't move forward with the deal. The good thing is I, I, I believe he, truly understood what was going on. Um, he was not really told the truth by these sellers. I, I feel bad for, for this broker or these brokers because you know they're gonna get a nice commission on this deal. And mm -hmm. this is their living, right? This is what they do. They, they sell properties. They count on sellers being honest and they count on buyers being honest and true to their word. And when a seller is dishonest, it, when a seller is acting like this seller is, that does not play well with the broker. And of course they don't get paid when a deal falls apart. So unfortunately, um, that's exactly what happened. We talked to the broker again, I think they're okay with it. Of course, disappointed, but we tried to negotiate a new sales price. We knew that was likely not going to stick. It did not. They rejected our, our, uh, change. Um, and the deal fell apart. So, yeah, well, if I was the broker, I'd be incredibly annoyed. Uh, you know, especially after this deal falls, uh, you know, through yeah. twice in a row. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, this 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 uh was previously under contract by another buyer group, and and uh, it fell through already. So this this was that was that, and and with the same broker, this broker. Um, yeah. I mean, if I was a broker, I, I, I would not work with those sellers ever again, yeah. know, even though they're a big company, they've got a lot of properties they are going to end up buying and selling over the next few years. But for me, my sanity, like there's no way I would work there. There's I, first of all, I wouldn't work with people like this. I feel, and again, I'm being a little bit judgmental, uh, but through my dealings with them, I would not work with them. And maybe they're great people. Maybe it's a great company. But from what I've had experience with, I wouldn't want to deal with them again. And, and I just, I, if, I, if they had a property on the market again, I likely wouldn't pursue it uh, unless I'm going to get it for a very, very deep discount. I would assume the worst from them. Um, and as a broker, I just, I, there's no way I wouldn't do business with them. There's no way. Cause it's just going to happen again. They're going to get mm -hmm. frustrated. You know, these guys are, are telling the broker a, a bunch of lies and saying so, the next buyer is going to come on and they're going to find out. And 
the deal's going to get canceled again. Yeah. So, I mean, in order to do business with somebody, you have to know, like, and trust them. And, and the trust, trust is shot. Them. <laughs> yeah. To trust them. Yeah. I mean, so, so again, like, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out. Um, but that happens. And we have to look out when, when we're looking at property, we're looking at, you know, can, can we serve our residents in the best possible way? Well, at that purchase price, no, like we couldn't, we couldn't do what's needed to be done to get that property in the condition it needs to be. So no, that the answer was no. Can we serve our investors? Absolutely not. Like we would not have been able to profit well on this property if at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and then the last thing is, can we serve ourselves? And absolutely not. Same thing. We wouldn't be able to profit or our business would grow. We'd have more units, but for what? It would make all of our other properties suffer and including this one. So it just, it, you know, you got to look at the, the whole, the big picture. Yeah. It'd be great to, for your company to grow, get 450 units. How, how sweet would that be? But at the same time, there's, there's some deals that are just worth not doing. Mm -hmm. You have to walk away. Yeah, you, you're, we're getting uh, squeezed on all sides. I mean, the expenses were going up uh, from the mortgage and, and the rental costs, as well as the uh, income was going down because of non-paying tenants. So you're just, the profit margins were diminishing rapidly for you. Yeah, yeah. It, it went from being a good deal. I would say, you know, on our underwriting, it wasn't an amazing deal, but it was a good enough deal to move forward with to being, uh, quite frankly, just an absolutely horrible deal. Um, by the time you added up all that stuff. So again, like the purchase price needed to go down drastically and, and we just knew that wasn't going to happen. We offered it just, just because, um, but we just, we, we figured um, it just wouldn't go down. We had, we had to come down. Um, what was it? Like $6 million hmm. on purchase price. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. 20, 20%. Oh, well, I mean, it's better to not have a deal than to get in, you know, stuck into a bad deal anyway. So absolutely. That's absolutely. fine. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so, so look, less lessons learned, but I think the important thing is when you're looking at these deals, you got to, first of all, spend a lot of time on them up front. You want to try to avoid this as much as you can. This, this is, and this is costing us money. I mean, we're paying attorney's fees. We're paying, we, we hired an inspection company. So, I mean, we're, we're out 15 grand on this deal. So it's costing us money. Um, so that's, that's a bummer. It's, you know, costing us a, I would say it's maybe a little, not, not a ton of our reputation because I feel like the broker, well, we've closed deals with this broker for one. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I feel like they understand what was going on and we communicated openly with them. But if this happens again and again, well, then it's for sure going to mm -hmm. make us look like we we're not closers anymore. Um, so you just got to be careful. You want to get into properties that you know you can close. Um, but there's sometimes circumstances where you have to say, look, we can't do this. But be open with the broker, communicate well with them, um, try to make it make things work, and try not to make it a habit of not closing. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, at the same time, sometimes the best deal that you can do is the one that you don't actually go through on. Right. But we want to try to do that before we get another contract. If yes. we can, if we can, yeah. we can't, we can't always, right. In this case, it just, it just it is what it is, but mm -hmm. we try to not get that far on a deal. Um, we were talking before, like my, my business partners and I were talking before, like that's, 
we we haven't really we've never really done this before we we, we always close on deals when we put them under contract we close on them mm-hmm. and so it's it's like oh, crap like we had a 100 percent you know batting average and now it goes <laughs> now this deal taints it but oh man you know, like you said you can't let that stop you you still got to look at the whole picture yeah good good so, yeah man yeah so, well that's that's all i got uh, anything else you want to say about this property no good luck to the next buyer whoever that's like. <laughs> yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> hopefully they do their due diligence and uh or get it for a really good price. So, and good luck to those investors. Uh, you know, I, I hope, I hope for their sake that this property ends up um, working out because you don't want to see anybody's any anybody's investment um, go downhill. But uh, man, you just you just hope that it goes right. That's all. Yep. Hopefully, this company, like I said, hopefully I'm rating them wrong. And uh, hopefully they can right the ship, fix it up, do what needs to be done, treat their residents the right way, um, and and end up being a good story in the end. But right now it's 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 in the wrong direction, and uh, they've owned it for way too long for it to be in this direction. So mm. hopefully they can right the ship, um, and everybody because everybody's suffering right now. I mean yeah. everybody's going to end up in the in a bad position. Uh, especially the residents. And that's, that's the unfortunate thing is just, you know, it's, it's the residents who are, are really the ones suffering. This is, this is what causes uh, all these crazy regulations from governments is, is properties like this is slumlords that are owning properties that don't care about the residents. Um, the residents that, are your customers. I mean, you got to treat them right. 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 But, but that's, that's what causes this crazy government overreach is when you got landlords like this, this is one bad apple that's going to ruin it for everybody else. Um, so hopefully they, like I said, hopefully they write the ship and, and get things done right and, and, and can make this a success story or somebody can buy it from them and do the same thing. I don't know, but yeah. hopefully, hopefully it ends up well. So, all right, man. Well, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make 
it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.